Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom DeAngelis. Welcome, one and all. Thanks, Thanks David. David. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verses 25 through 33. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in to help us to see where to see, to hear where to hear, and then put love into action? Perfect. I love, I love that tee up. Thank you, David. In the name of the Father, oh, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Lord. You have showed us how. You showed us the way to put love into action. So please help us to be good followers. Uh, we we want to be your disciples. Please teach us, mold us, guide us, send us. Please, Lord, as we open your word to us, the gospel, please help us to, to hear what you want us to hear. Help us to have the courage to live the gospel in every aspect of our lives. Please be with all of those who are listening, all their families, uh, that there is just a welcoming, uh, an overabundance of welcoming your grace into all of our lives so that you can change us into the men and women uh, and the children that you're calling us to be. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? Sure. Again, it's Luke's gospel. Chapter 14, verses 25 to 33. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish, the onlookers should laugh at him and say, this one began to build but did not have the resources to finish. Or what king marching into battle who would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king advancing upon him with 20,000 troops? But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Wow. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think Jesus is messing around here, right? He's, now. This is a, uh, this is a beautiful wake-up call. He's, this is a wake-up call, an invitation, right, to, to be all in. You know, renounce all. Renounce all. For me, the challenge is how can I renounce and have at the same time, right? So Jesus is going to allow us to, he's going to give us gifts like family and possessions. So how can I renounce while at the same time, you know, receiving these gifts so, uh, so, they, don't, so they don't start possessing me and, uh, and taking, taking a hold of me? So, uh, you know, that's, that, that's where I feel the Lord's 
speaking to me now. You know, the Lord is saying, I want to give you gifts. No, they're from me. They're not yours. Um, surrender them all. Uh, enjoy them. Be good. Be a good steward of them. Well, that's really key, Rob, because I circled those two two words also. Renounce all. Again, one of the things I share. Fifteen years ago, when I was forty six years old, I had my conversion event. Being born and raised Catholic didn't make me a Christian. It made me one of the great crowds that were mm. supposedly following Jesus, but really not his disciple. Until really, the Lord got a hold of me at age forty six, and one of my greatest freeing moments was realizing I don't own anything. Everything is the Lord's. Not only is it the Lord's, it's a sacred trust he's entrusted me with. Every gift he's given me is to be used to be a blessing to others, not living a life of self-centered, which is the life of death, but others-centered, using all the gifts from my financing to everything that I've been entrusted with to be a blessing to others, to bring God all honor, glory, and praise. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ came and gave it all up, gave his life for me, for you, for our salvation, so that we can eternally live in that eternal exchange of love all of, our, all of, all of eternity. I mean, that's a greater gift a person can't give you. God gave it to us. So for me, i got to give it all back to him. Say, Lord, these are your, yours, because I don't want to be possessed by them. I don't want to be you know, tied to them, because this is not my home. This is only my journey, my one opportunity to either be all in and say my yes, not with just words, but with actions, and then to use what the Lord's entrusted me with to be an example of love to the world, that it's an others-centered life, not a self-centered life. You know, me, myself, and I is the cycle of death. And so for me, it was the greatest freeing moment. Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it in abundance the abundant life, that's what I have today because I don't own anything. Everything belongs to the Lord. And, you know, I get challenged sometimes when, when people come or I'm, I'm moved to give and make a donation or help somebody on a mission or a cause. And I say a little prayer. I say, Holy Spirit, and this is the Lord's money. This is your money. Help me to know what to write out and what to give out of your treasury. And let me tell you what, it changes your perspective. Because some people think, well, you know, I give 10%, I'm good to go. The other 90 is mine. No. The other 90 is yours to steward, to use to bring God all honor, all glory, all praise. So for me, this renounce all, man, it's, it's the, the answer to set you free, to set you free, to have the abundant life. Yeah, and I think, too, David, that message is not only applicable for people you know, those of us that have jobs or have, you know, homes or, you know, things, material things. But I think also it's the message that um, for years I shared working with uh, athletes at, at some of the high schools and our Catholic high schools, particularly at Bishop McDevitt. I mean, everything that we have and that we are, we've been given from God, and not just our material things, but also the gifts of our talents, our abilities, uh, the fact that we're even alive and that we, we're healthy, that you know our, our coaches, our, our school, the tradition that we've inherited from people who have come before. I mean, all of that stuff is a gift from God. And so and, and the, the point is, whatever you do, whether it's academics, whether it's athletics, whether you're in the band, whether you're part of the drama club or whatever, you do it as, as Jesus is saying here, you count up the resources and then you're, you're all in. you know you, you, you go in, 
with everything. You, you, you give everything else up and you just put yourself wholeheartedly into the thing. And I think that's also, um, it's also a key to success that we, that we leave those things behind us that are holding us down. Uh, earlier in the week at our gospel reflection at St. Joan of Arc, I'll give a shout out to my buddies over there. One of the guys said, uh, the first, you know, where it talks about, you know, without hating your father and your mother, he said, you know, Jesus is pretty tough on that. And we checked the word out, the Greek and everything, and it's hating. I mean, it's hate, hate. It's not like softened or translated. Um, but he says, the, the real question here that Jesus is asking is, who are you following? You know, we've been brought up, we've been given the gift of an upbringing by our family. Are you, are you going to continue to follow that tradition or are you going to follow my tradition because i'm asking you to do more than anybody's ever asked you to do before so you know pick up you know carry your cross and come after me they would have known exactly what that meant because people carried their crosses to their to their death you know so for him it had to be disorienting for them but he's basically what you said david he's asking us to be all in and then and then also calculate whether you have the resources yourself you know because because he's saying here here do you you have to construct this tower i'm asking you to construct and you have to go to war you know against the evil one do you have what it takes are you willing to make the sacrifice because if not don't don't bother because you know renounce everything and follow me if you if you're in if you're not in you know don't go halfway you either either come along or don't come come along. That's it. So. Well, and really, this really ties into Tom what you're sharing: the first commandment. The mm-hmm. first commandment isn't love God with part of your heart, part of your mind, part of your soul, <laughs> right. part of your your mind. Right. It's all in. So the first commandment God gives us is love God first with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. Why? Because we cannot put mother, brother, sister, children, father above that primary relationship, because if we do, it's idolatry. And that will cause us to be in a disconnect with the one primary relationship that is important for a true relationship with all of the others. So for me, this hate is a challenging word, but it's meant to say, look, I'm not joking. God needs to be first. The love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that relationship, that divine intimacy, in our lives, that's why it's the first commandment. That's what we must do because then from that primary relationship, we can rightly love our father, our mother, our wife, our children, our brothers and sisters because that relationship is what purely feeds all other relationships. So again, it's about a right ordered life. And so for me, is it a challenge? Absolutely. But he's saying, if you try and get what you need from your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers, your sisters, it won't work. And you'll end up sucking the life out of them. You'll end up having problems. It will fail. But if you put me first, you know, walking away from all others in a a figurative manner, putting me first, then I'm going to show you how to rightly love your wife, your children, your mother, your brothers, your sister, because I'm going to flow my love through you to them and into the world. That's our right. that's our mission, our commission, joined with Christ in His mission. Yeah, it's exactly what Jesus said in the gospel a few weeks ago, where He said, "Seek first the kingdom of heaven, and and 
then everything else will be given besides. Yeah. So when you, when you, as you said, David, if you turn your whole self over, your whole being over to the love of God, that relationship then orients you to how you, because then he says, love one another as I have loved you. So if, if I learn how to love Jesus, if I let go of what I think is most important in life, what I was brought up with, my family, my upbringing, the traditions and all the things, let those go, follow me, that will put you in right relationship, as you said, because if, because I'm supposed to love them the way he loved me. That is, I need to be all in with them too. So it's not, none of this partial stuff, none of this, the way you were brought up. I want to redefine all that. I want it to be, I want it to be the best it can be. I want it to be the love that I shared with you. I, I love one another as I have loved you. That's a, that's a very profound, the more I reflect on that in front of the Blessed Sacrament, the more it's like, that's the challenge of life right there. There isn't anything else. Love one another as I have loved you. First, I got to f- find out how, the depth of what that is and what it means in my life. And secondly, how do I take that out when I walk out of adoration and, and not lose it? You know, because the first guy that cuts me off in traffic, it's gone. You know, it's gone. Poop. Yeah. You know what I started doing in traffic, Tom, is every time someone cuts me off, I just say, Lord, please help them get home to their sick child yeah. you know, safely. Yeah. You know, and who, who knows if they have a sick child, but yeah. I'd rather give, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt that there's something going on. They're late for an interview. They're, they're you know, kids sick at home instead of getting all banana shape about it. But as you guys yeah. are both sharing of, uh, of God's call for all in, and Tom, you're talking about family, like our family upbringing, and, and mm-hmm. God's calling us to a new way. Then I started thinking, as you guys are sharing, well, what if my family was really following the Lord? And then as I started thinking about that, the Lord spoke to me saying, but I have something for you. Right. So even if your family upbringing is one of you know, faith, uh, most times it's going to be led by the parents and, and their kind of journey, and the kids are going along. But then the Lord's saying... Come, come to me. I have something for you. I have a unique call for you in your life. I've given you unique gifts. I, there is not going to be, there never was, there never will be another you ever. Right. Come to me, right? I want, I want you. So even if you're listening and you're from a faith-filled family, God is still saying, come, come follow me. I have something for you. You know, and that goes back to Jesus, you know, in, in the temple teaching. When his mother and father couldn't find him for three days, finally find him. He said, didn't you know I needed to be about my father's business? It's the awakening of our heart that our our journey is to do the will of the father, same as Jesus did. You know, we need to claim our de- our, 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 um, our destiny, our, our what God's created us to be, his precious sons and his precious daughter daughters, our inheritance with the Lord, and then God right orders our life with our earthly family, with all of our friends and everybody else. I love the first sentence, great crowds were were traveling with Jesus. Well, aren't those the people that say, hey, Lord, I'm all in. You're my friend. You're my buddy. I'm going to follow you. Isn't that good to go? You're good to go. You say the words, you're good to go. No. Jesus says, he turns and dresses them. If anyone comes with me and follows me, basically, without you know, here's the, here's the challenge to break away from your earthly connections, to put him first. And then he goes on to say, you know, and then carry your cross. Oh my goodness, crosses, I can't, it's going to cost me. It's going to be painful. I'm going to learn how to, you know, die to self. How do you do that? So our yes to the Lord, I wrote down, is, you know, after, are you traveling with the Lord or 
Are you an active participant in his mission? Co-mission with him, join with him to take the gospel, the good news to the world through your life, through your actions, your words, your life's example, into your family, into the workplace, into the convenience store, into the grocery store, into wherever you go. I mean, that to me, you know, we can be great followers and travel with Jesus and never even know him, never even know him. Because you know what? Love and our yes is a call to action. It's a call to action. And the Lord looks at us and, and says, you know, people in the Bible it says, you know, people call out, Lord, Lord, I did this, I did this, I did this in your name. The Lord says, I didn't know you. So the Lord is inviting us into this deep water of divine intimacy to give our yes and then walk with him every day and be active participants in his mission to take the good news to the world, stand and hold and walk with him. Yeah, I think, you know, you bring up that that um, passage of Jesus saying, you know, you're standing at the door knocking and he says, I don't know you. To me, that would be the most terrifying thing to have gone through life thinking that you and Jesus were buds, you know, like we're, I'm in, you know, and then show up at the door and find out your invitation isn't any good, <laughs> you know, because you didn't do what I asked you to do, you know. Like I did those things that I thought were right, but he's saying you need to take a different look here, you know, this this separation from family, not following what you were brought up with or the traditions that you were brought up with. But as you said, Rob, I want something special with you. I, w- I want something. I want you all in with me first, and then then we'll go back and take a look at the family and all the other important things in life. I think, too, that's really an interesting – I think – that what confirms that is that the first, you know, the first example that he gives is constructing the tower. Like, what are we building? What are we building with our lives? And do we have the resources to finish it? And the second one is, do we have enough? And, and notice, too, I, I noticed this when we were talking about it earlier in the week. Jesus doesn't say, do you have enough men, you know, because it's 10,000 versus 20,000. Well, he doesn't say, well, it's over because you don't have enough men. He says, do you have enough resources mm-hmm. to win that battle? Because there are any number of examples in the Old Testament that he was probably referring to here, where uh, you know they were, the, the, they were outnumbered and they and they the Lord fought the battle. You know the walls of Jericho. That was a that was you know that was completely them confused and starting to or, take each other. Yeah, down. that Gideon, yeah. the story with yeah. Gideon. Yeah, and and so with three hundred men, you know, against a whole camp of people. So there's always that. Do you have the resources? And and interestingly enough, because it almost seems like a contradiction at the end where he says, if you don't renounce all your possessions, you cannot be my disciple. So he's not asking us, how much do you have? Like, how many troops do you have? How much stuff do you have put aside for to build the tower? He's saying, do you have it within you to be able to? Do you have the resources within you to follow me, to do what needs to be done? Can you win the battle even with half the number of people half the number of soldiers that your opponent has, because that's the way the battle is. That's the battle he's fighting. You know, it's, it's one against the, you know, against Satan. Yeah. Well, the key is when we say our, our yes, we don't need to lay the foundation because the foundation's already laid. The foundation is Jesus Christ that we're building on. But we need to also then call on the body of Christ, those living saints that are here on earth today, to join with us, to lock arms, to, to, to go out. They're the resources God has put into our life, the church, the people, the community, the people that God puts into our life. Plus, we have all of the gates of heaven are open. We can call on the angels and the saints that have gone before us. Hey, help me. Pray for me. 
So we've got the resources. Are we tapping into them? All things are possible in through and with Jesus Christ. The heavens are open to us. We have the resources available to us, but do we tap into them? And this, uh, this conversation about family and renouncing is, is personally is really helpful. Uh, it's, it's been a blessing. Our oldest daughter, uh, Grace, is on this beautiful journey that the Lord is, is drawing her into some amazing friendships with young people who want to follow the Lord, which is every, every dad's prayer, hopefully, um, and then drawing her into serving in some of the most needed areas in Philadelphia. And I was just thinking the other day, cause, you know, she's been away a lot. She's been doing just local mission trips and, and just away with you know, youth group stuff or Bible studies at someone's house, and it's just a lot of time away. And I was just sitting there the other day in adoration, actually, saying, Lord, you know, I don't feel quite as close to grace over this summer, you know, but she's doing all this great stuff. So now that we're talking about it, it's even though um, I have a relationship with God and I was trying to sh- you know, model that for grace, the Lord has called her and just say, come on, grace, I have something for you. Right? I didn't call your dad to Kensington to go. serve. I'm calling you. And uh, am I willing to renounce my daughter as a possession and just pray like crazy as her father, just pray and fast like crazy in the background for this calling that God has and, uh, and trust that, you know, that you know, he will grow our relationship as father and daughter because now we're really like brother and sister in Christ with, with being drawn to the Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this is, uh, this is very timely. So thank you, Lord. Yeah, I think that's been one of the, for me, one of the bittersweet, uh, and, I, and I do mean, you know, bittersweet, emphasis on the sweet, but uh, with the, your kids are pulling away from you and they're out. And my, my daughters have been out of the house for a while, so this is, you know, is, uh, we're, we're, we're coming back together as adult friends now. But it really is at the beginning where they start to pull away from you, and you're on the one hand, you're grateful that they're doing well and they're out there and they're they're doing all the things that you you hope they would do, but you're not because they're out there doing those things, they're not with you, mm-hmm. and you're not you're not in their life like you used to be, and being able to kind of stay connected to them without being intrusive or without. You know, and letting them know that you're proud of them, I think that's a that's a difficult thing. There is a little bit of bitterness, though. I mean, not bitterness in the sense that you get you know get upset or bitter about it, but um, but it is it is a difficult thing to have them pull away, especially the oldest one. You know, the first one. I remember my, when my first daughter went off to college. She did very well, stayed close to her faith. Was it ended up being asked to be a special minister of the Eucharist, you know, at at college, and uh, so you know, very proud of her, but. But the first time she served, and then most of the times after that, I wasn't around. So it was her, and she was building that relationship with God and with others as a the person we raised her to be. But you're not there, you know, and 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 it, you you know it it it, happen, it continues to happen, and you just offer that up to God. I'm I'm thinking of my cousin who became a cloistered nun. She's my age, and how upsetting it was for my grandmother and her mother and her father too. That she when she left because back in the day back in the late seventies when you went to cloisters that was it you were behind the screen and you didn't come out for funerals you didn't come out for anything you know you couldn't hug you couldn't kiss 
you were behind a screen. You could touch fingers. <laughs> that was it. So, um, and uh, and they got over it. They were very proud of her. But it was a very difficult thing for her for them when she went in. And you know, that's kind of the extreme of it. But yeah, yeah. And you know, there's this statement: Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. It's not about lip service. It's about you know our 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 active participation. You know, we have the Starborn Village, and we have weddings. And and so the cross, one of the crosses we were given seven years ago is we, we follow our faith, our Catholic teaching, our church's teaching, the biblical teaching, and marriage is between one man and one woman. Well, you know what? After seven years, we got persecuted for that. We got attacked for that. But the Lord said, don't fold, just stand and hold, and I'll do the battle. And so we do, and we walk it out wherever that goes. You see, it's in the not only carrying of the cross, but the embracing of the cross that we're formed more perfectly into the image and likeness of Christ. So for me, it's so important to stand and hold on our church's teaching that are biblical truths that others may see them and choose to follow them so that we can truly reclaim who we are, whose we are, and what this country was founded on. It was in a board of directors meeting, and the board of directors wanted to invest a large sum of money in, in, the, in the stock market and in, you know, in investments. And I challenged them. I said, you need to have socially conscious investments, morally and ethically, that line up with our church's teaching. Oh, I said, no, we got to look at the returns and see which one's higher. I said, no, that's not correct. I said, if I'm a member of this board, we cannot invest that money in things that are not morally and ethically correct. And so I hope and pray that the board makes the correct decision. Otherwise, I guess I'll be resigning. (laughs) But it's truth. We need to stand on truth. We need to hold on that truth, embrace the cross Christ gives us, and then let him do the battle. Let him walk it out. God bless each and every one of you. Let's be the world changers God's created us to be. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Hi, this is Damon Owens with Joy To Be, and I want to invite you to join us at our second annual Stewardship Fall Conference on September 18th and 19th. This year's conference features internationally known Catholic speakers, including Father Michael Gately, Devin Schott, Marty Rotella, Dr. Peter Kleponis, Monsignor John Essef, 
Megan Murphy, Bishop Ronald Gaynor, plus many more. Come and be encouraged, equipped, and inspired. Learn how to protect yourself and those you love by putting on the armor of God. The conference will be held in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania at the beautiful Stone Gables Estate, which features the historic Star Barn Village. For information, tickets, and lodging, visit stewardshipconference.org. That's stewardshipconference.org. Or call us at 717-367-0100. I look forward to seeing you on September 18th and 19th. And until then, may God richly bless you.